Hey everyone out there, and welcome back to the Red Bearded Outdoors podcast. Today we're going to go over a story of a man that I've found inspiring ever since I was little. And uh, this kind of came about because my wife gave me some feedback and said I should share a story instead of just motivational stuff all the time. (laughs) So again, I'm open to feedback and hearing from all you listeners out there as to how I can improve and things that you might want, maybe questions answered or a different kind of message that's being put out there. So today for our Sunday sit down, I'm going to be going over a story and as you go throughout the story, maybe you could kind of guess in your mind who I'm talking about and I'll go over that a little bit more in detail at the end as to who it is and what I found most inspiring about this this man. Again, I just want to remind you out there, if you find something fun, exciting, new, interesting, just share it with others. Let people know that this podcast is out there and I'm trying to grow the, the community a little bit and let people know that there's there's definitely always a better way in life. You can live a better life, you can be more successful, you can be healthy, and as we're going to hear today, you can enjoy historical stories, right? Find someone that maybe has overcome adversity or whatever it may be that inspires you. So today, I uh, just wanted to start with the life of this man that was born in the early 1800s, and he was born in the backwoods of Kentucky. So, I've been to Kentucky, I know how dense the forest is, and I can only imagine how it was back then in the early 1800s. So, he was born in the backwoods of Kentucky, and then he, at the age of two, moved. So, already having to move, and moving back then wasn't you hire a U-Haul or a truck or a pod and you load it up and someone drives it for you, you know, you had to load up the buggy. And if you had one, if not, then you had to use hand carts or just carry your stuff to move. So he was already moving at two years old. And some of his earliest memories in this home that they lived in until he was around seven was a flash flood that wiped out the corn and pumpkin seeds that he and his father had helped plant. Now, I don't know how many of you at the age of five or six helped garden, a significant garden, one that would produce for your family, not having the option to go to the grocery store, right? So, of course, that was a probably a traumatic event for their family, and, and so this man remembered that. So he's already dealing with hardship, let alone having to work at such a young age. As they continued in life at the age of seven, he and his family were basically forced from their family farm due to a lawsuit that was challenging the title of the farm. And due to the circumstances, they weren't able to fight that lawsuit and they had to to move. So they ended up moving to Indiana, southwestern Indiana. And there they 
basically lived as squatters on this public land. And his father put up this makeshift shelter that he called a half-faced camp. Basically a crude structure of logs and boughs with one side open to the weather. The entire family would live in this makeshift shelter. And they just had a fire. I know lots of people that can't even deal with the house being below a certain temperature, let alone having half your house open to the elements and being able to live in that with your entire family. So at the age of seven, they were dealing with that. Then on top of all of that, this not even young man, but child remembers having to work on this public land and he helped clear the fields he helped take care of the crops and then he ended up actually not liking hunting and fishing later he recalled hearing the panthers scream is what he said or the bears that preyed on the swine or his pigs on the farm and all the poverty that they had back then and on the Indiana frontier life. Then, on top of all these situations, again, he was super young. He was only at the age of nine at this point. His mom died. That's another traumatic event. So this, this, this man is only nine years old and is already having to deal with all of these things that most of us nowadays will never have to deal with. So at nine years old, he had to deal with his mother's passing. Within a year, his father remarried and this woman also had a few children of her own and they meshed the whole family together. And this man would later refer to his stepmother as his angel mother because of the way that she took him in, treated him as her own, basically. Now, this man, at you know, as a child, which I don't know many children that enjoy manual labor, but I guess back, back then it was pretty common for most children to, to work on the farm. Uh, this young man did not like working on the farm, but he did enjoy studying and reading and this is widely believed to be the reason why he meshed so well with his stepmother because she encouraged his knowledge or seeking out knowledge whereas everyone else was criticizing him because he was a strong young man but they considered him lazy because he didn't want to work on the farm he didn't want to do his chores he didn't want to do those things he preferred to sit and study and read, which is extremely interesting because this young man's parents were known to have been illiterate for the time. So very, very, very little ability to read, write, yet he had this strong desire to learn. The same young man that didn't enjoy doing manual labor or chores on the farm was later recalled to have been known to trudge for miles just to borrow a book. 
and later this this man looking back on his life in his own statement he said his early surroundings provided absolutely nothing to excite ambition for education and this is a quote of course when i came of age i did not know much still somehow i could read write and cipher to the rule of three but that was all so this young man didn't have the ability to go to a library obviously not being able to google he would have to walk miles just to borrow one book but he does remember that even though he wasn't able to read a lot of books he read reread and just absorbed all of the books that he could read one of the books that he was fond of was Parson Weems' Life and Memorable Actions of George Washington, Daniel Defoe's Robinson Crusoe, and John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress, and Aesop's Fables. Those are all pretty well-known books. And also, he had familiarity with the Bible. Because most likely that was the only book that his family owned was the Bible. Even though his parents were known to have been illiterate, that was in the home. Then later in 1830, his family migrated again, and they ended up in Illinois. And this young man was driving a team of oxen all by himself. That's no small feat. I've never tried it, but I can only imagine these big animals that don't want to listen to a scrawny young man. Uh, at this time, he was 21, but he was able to help his family in driving the team of oxen. Later in his life, those that were asked about how he was at this age, at 21, uh, said he was raw-boned and lanky, but muscular and physically powerful. He was especially noted for his skill and strength with which he could wield an axe. He spoke with a backwoods twang and walked in the long, striding, flat-footed, cautious manner of a plowman. Good-natured, though somewhat moody. Talented as a mimic and storyteller. He readily attracted friends. But he was yet to demonstrate what other abilities he possessed. That's what they remembered at the time. So after he and his family arrived in Illinois, he no longer wanted to be a farmer. And that was very clear from his early age. And he tried his hand at various occupations. He tried to be a rail splitter. He helped to clear and fence his father's new farm. He tried his hand at being a flatboatman. So taking supplies down the Mississippi River to New Orleans, Louisiana, and when he returned to Illinois, he ended up settling in a village of only 25 families right along the Sangamon River. There, he worked for a little time as a, as a storekeeper, but yet again, another failure or learning moment, right? He, the, the store owner actually ran the business into the ground and he lost his job. Soon after that, he enlisted as a volunteer and was an elected captain of his company 
in the Black Hawk War in 1832. Later, he joked that he had seen no live fighting Indians, but during the war, he had, quote, a good many bloody struggles with mosquitoes, end quote. Meanwhile, he was aspiring to be a legislator. Now, again, remember this, this young man came from a family that was illiterate, and he basically taught himself to read, to write, to be able to cipher some numbers, and he was known to be a good storyteller. So he wanted to become a legislator. So he was not elected to be a legislator at that time. So again, another failure, right? What some would say, oh, well, I guess my career's over. He took that and he was later appointed in that same year to be the postmaster in the city in Illinois. And he was also appointed the deputy surveyor of Sangamon County. The very next year, he did end up being elected as a Illinois state legislator. So things looked good, right, for this young man. And then the very following year, his sweetheart died. She passed away. So remember when this young man was nine his mother passed away and now when this young man was 26 his sweetheart passes away that's a lot of death for one person to experience and that's really sad because seemed seemed to be that things were looking up right he was getting to where he wanted to be he had been appointed postmaster deputy surveyor was making a pretty good salary uh, elected to be a, in the state legislature for illinois and then this happened so of course he had a nervous breakdown and uh, it took about a month or so from the historical records that, that have been able to be reviewed and and what he could remember and others around him could recall it took him about a month to be able to get back on his feet and then he was reelected in the state legislature, and he received his license to practice law in Illinois state courts. So back then, there was law school, but the way he went about it was he studied the books, attended the court, and basically taught himself just like he did to read and write. Then fast forwarding about two years, uh, he sought to become the Speaker of the State Legislature and was defeated. So even though he was reelected to the State Legislature in uh, both elections that he ran, um, he was not able to become the Speaker of the State Legislature, which is what he ultimately desired. Then in 1843... So at this point, he is 34 years old. He ran for Congress, and he lost. And then in 1846, he ran again, and this time he won. So again, these are, we're jumping a couple years here. So he had, you know, the failure of becoming the Speaker. And then three years later, he lost again in the election, 
And then three years later, he was finally elected to Congress to represent Illinois. And then he ran for re-election in Congress, and he lost. Imagine working really hard and having the success that you wanted, and then a couple years later, no longer having that success again. So his whole life seems to be a lot of ups and downs. Uh, more, It seems like more downs than ups, to be honest with you, but he keeps pushing, right? And then after losing the re-election for Congress, uh, he sought the position of commissioner of the general land office in his home state, and he was rejected for that job. So now, jumping forward five more years, so now at this point, this man is 45 years old. And he runs for the Senate after having all this experience as a congressman, a lawyer, and many other positions. He ran for Senate and lost. So again, (laughs) at 45 years old, he still didn't give up. So once he lost running for Senate, he then the next year, I'm sorry, in two years, in 1856, he sought the vice presidential nomination at his party's national convention. And he got less than 100 votes. Then two years later, he ran for Senate again and lost. So, at this point, this man is 49 years old, almost 50 years old. And he's trying to do the best that he can for the country as it's expanding westward. And there's also a lot of turmoil between the north and the south at this point. And he's realizing all this as he's grown up, uh, you know, from a hardworking family basically self-taught to read, write, do math, become a lawyer, and then move on to have various positions in the state, and then to move on to Congress, and still trying to push through to become a senator and not becoming a senator. It just seems like a lot of, a lot of failures are being put in his path. And, you know, running for an office isn't something that happens every month, six months, year, right? It happens every couple years. So it's kind of all on the line when you run and then you lose. You have to start all over for another couple years. So he's been doing this for now 49 years when he ran again for the U.S. Senate and lost at the age of 49. So then in 1860, he became elected president of the United States. So in 1860, this man was 51 years old, approximately, depending on the month, but basically 51 years old, and finally became elected the president of the United States. And I say finally because think about all the, the, the downs, the failures that were put in his path that many of us would have quit within the first two or even the first one, let alone 
multiple failures when you feel that tug. He mentioned that he had felt the pull to go to be a lawyer and then to run for public office. But still being put with all these failures in his path, it just blows my mind to think that he continued to push and push and push. And not only did he continue to push, but he pushed for even greater heights. And who knows what would have happened if he had just been given win after win after win. He may not have ended up being president during the time that he was needed. Who knows? But this man was elected in 1860. He was the 16th president of the United States. And as we all know, that's Abraham Lincoln. Now, he experienced plenty of struggles, and even as the president, he was known to have depression and deal with many other issues on his own. I'm just blown away at how many failures he encountered and still pushed forward. Again, I'll reiterate, I don't know if I would have been able to do that. I'd like to say that I would have. But I don't know. And think about that for yourself. Would you have been able to push through all of those failures? If you knew, even though you weren't being handed the win on the silver platter, you knew that this is where you needed to be, would you have continued to push forward? And to push and to push until you became what you wanted, in this case... He became the president of the United States. I can say without a shadow of a doubt in my mind that he did not have an easy life. He did not have it, anything handed to him, it sounds like. Even from a young age, he was working on a farm. That, to me, is inspirational. That, to me, shows grit and tenacity. And we all know and have heard the quote, hard times create strong men. And strong men create good times. And there's another half to the quote, but as far as what applies here, in this case, Abraham Lincoln experienced a lot of hard times. And he became a strong man. And he did a lot of good along the way. He wasn't perfect. None of us are. But he was the right man for the job at that time. And he was even known to have said, and, and I quote, Folks are usually about as happy as they make their minds up to be. From someone that experienced more failures and struggles in his life than I have, that means a lot. He also said, life is hard, but so very beautiful. I think both of those quotes kind of sum his life up very genuinely. He obviously encountered a very unfortunate end to his life due to his beliefs and what he was doing for the country. But even then, 
he stood up for what he believed in. And he didn't let failure get in his way. So just talking about that a little bit. What is something, just pick one thing. I call them friction points. But it could be a failure. It could be a learning experience. Whatever you want to call it. But what is it that keeps you from doing what you want to do? To make your life better. What is it that you consider to be hard that maybe keeps you from going to the gym? Maybe it keeps you from creating that grocery list that's going to help you eat healthier. Maybe it's the grocery list itself. For some people, that's overwhelming. Thinking that you have to cook every single meal and you have to be healthy and not go out to eat and you should know the ingredients in your food. That can be overwhelming for a lot of people. For me, I kind of nerd out on that. And I enjoy that a lot. Same thing for working out. Some people may be gung-ho for three days, and then the fourth day they wake up and they're sore. And they don't want to go to the gym. And that's okay to feel that way. But how do you overcome that? I consider that I don't really have a lot of difficulty when it comes to study. Because I can Google stuff. I can't imagine walking miles and miles and miles just to borrow a book. And it's not my book. I wouldn't be able to mark it up. I would have to absorb the information and keep it in my head. I can't imagine feeling that something was my calling in life. And yet being rejected over and over and over and over again. And still pushing forward. I can't imagine even as as president, him knowing that half the country or more didn't agree with him. And still standing strong for what he believed in. Again, there's a lot of arguments against pretty much anyone that's been president or has been a leader of a country no one's perfect Abraham Lincoln wasn't perfect but I will say that he definitely gave his all he picked something to stand up for and even as a young man he was standing up to his his father that was trying to enforce manual labor only being a farm worker, him, you know, being Abraham Lincoln, being lazy as a young man because he wanted to read, he wanted to learn to write, he wanted to learn to do math. Can't imagine if he had just fallen in line with what his dad had said, what would have happened? Who would have been the 16th president? And where where would we be right now? But because he decided to Maybe begrudgingly do his chores, but in all of his free time, he wasn't doing manual labor. He was learning. He didn't let things get in his way. Like, again, walking miles to borrow a book. To me, that just, it blows my mind. And yet, a lot of us struggle waking up to go to the gym, and we can drive and have a warm car or a cooled-off car, depending on 
whatever you prefer. You get to choose that. You don't have to walk to the gym. You don't have to deal with the elements to get places that you want to go. You don't have to worry about losing a crop and your family not eating for the winter. Little things like that that we don't think about. We can just go to the grocery store. We can send a text to somebody and ask them to grab it for us. You don't even have to go. You can hire someone nowadays to bring you everything you need. So that's why that man inspires me. Knowing what he went through, what he experienced, and for him to come out successful. I want that for everyone in my life. But you have to identify what maybe you're worried about failing. Whatever it may be, figure it out. And remember, just like he said, folks are usually about as happy as they make their minds up to be. And life is hard, but so very beautiful. I can attest to that. It's not easy. None of the things I do to me, they seem routine, normal. But when I talk to other people and tell them that I've got five kids, where all the stages of my kids are in their lives, trying to help them with my wife by my side, but helping the kids get to where they need to be in their lives, plus school and working on being healthy. And you just continue down the list. I get a lot of reaction and I forget how how much is going on in my life until I talk to someone outside of my life that's not in my immediate circle and uh, they just bring up how how much is going on and and how crazy it seems and I just think well yeah those things I mean they're not easy right raising a kid's not easy let alone multiple and working it's not always easy Going to school is not easy. Staying physically active and healthy, it's not easy. But it's definitely worth it. And I just want to leave everyone with that thought. Just think about your life. What you want to accomplish. Where you want to be. Next week, next year, next five years, next ten years. And don't let one small little hurdle get in your way of success. Don't let failures become permanent. Take them, learn from them, and move on. And get better. It's all we can do, right? It's what we're here on this earth to do, is to become better people, to learn. And you can't learn without failure. And if you're not failing along the way, every once in a while, you might need to switch things up. Because failure is like the little dash of pepper in your life, right? It, it reminds you that you're alive that you're making progress and you're doing things that you don't normally do and you failed. Learn from it, get back up, 
and keep going. So hopefully you enjoyed the story about Abraham Lincoln, kind of his failures and successes in life. I feel like he had a lot more failures than he had successes, but I'll let you be the judge of that. He continued. He pushed forward. And I want you to take that away from this. No matter the failure, you can keep going. I wish that for you, for everyone around you. Again, if you found this interesting or exciting in any way, please share it with others. Let them know there's a place they can go to to listen about other people's stories and experiences. and uh, You can ask questions about the topics that you want to know about and uh, you're here to, to learn. I want everyone to have a better life. Continue making progress. And that's what we're here for. So give me a share. Go look at my Instagram page at red.beard.outdoors and shoot me a message if you got any questions or if you want a different topic discussed. I'm always open for feedback. Please provide some feedback so I can know how to get better. And other than that, I just hope you have an amazing rest of your Sunday. And of course, get out, live your life, and love it.